You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Adam Jocelyn. What's going on, everybody? Chris Scales. Hello. David Hall. Hey, hey, hey. Tony Groves. Evening, gentlemen. All right. Thanks, guys, for coming. Uh, special guest didn't work out tonight, so we're going to jump right into uh, news. Um, who's up first? I guess it's you, David Hall. All right. Sorry, I was uh, still laying out our hardware topic. So, jumping back up. So, we're talking about Paul Menard is coming to iRacing. We've got a Facebook post as well as his career stats. Did you have a good look at it, Mike? Yeah, I was kind of surprised. Uh, you know, he did announce his retirement uh, recently from the Cup Series and the uh, Wood Brothers car. Uh, make way for a new driver over there. And uh, I don't think we've seen him on iRacing before, but... Uh, yeah, sure enough, uh, Paul Menard has joined iRacing. His uh, oval license is sitting at uh, fifteen or almost a sixteen hundred i rating with a Class D two point four five. So he, it looks like he's just getting into it. Um, I, I'm cur- I would really like to hear if any of the other retired drivers. I mean, we know you ran, ran with Dale earlier. I would love to hear if they find it uh, that it replaces a little bit of the com- competitive juices that they miss from being at the real track. Yeah, his winning percentage, 25% overall so far, and his I rating is climbing. So, it uh, must be him. It does say Paul Menard 2, and it does say South Carolina. So, we got an alert from this uh, by Peyton Sayers, who was in a uh, practice with him, and he put that up on Facebook. And then, Chris, we got some old-timer who joined iRacing. Uh, no, he's part of the, the younger uh, E generation, I guess. <laughs> yeah, Dave Despain, this is, you know, why we love Dave Despain. He um, uh, responded to a tweet made by Parker Kliegerman, um, talking about he, how he had an awesome time representing um, Burton Kliegerman Esports and E NASCAR. At some event, uh, it's done. I don't know what the event was. Um, something the tweet was from Good Form, whoever they are. But the the funny part was the the tweet mentioned um, in an interview about how their marketing was going to help um, usher in all these young esports drivers. And um, Dave Despain on his tweet, he said, uh, recently enrolled at iRacing.com. Hardware on the way. At age 73, I'm pleased to be part of that younger audience attracted to esports. So yeah, he, he's at 73. He's one of the those young guns coming in. <laughs> that is so cool to have a 73-year-old guy uh, get on iRacing for the first time. And, and not just any guy, but Dave Despain, man, I used to watch him all the time. He used to have, I think it was a Sunday night show after all the races were over. Wind where tunnel. he would talk about it. Yeah, wind tunnel. And, man, we watch that all the time. 
Oh yeah, that was such a great show. And you don't we talk about the young guys getting their start and going into real racing and stuff. We, what we don't talk about is kind of the other end of it a lot, where you'll have you know guys like this, and then you think of you know, the racers like Junior. You know, you were on a ra- in a race with him today. You'll have all these retired guys that you know what a better way to kill their time than to jump on the sim. Yeah, very cool. I want to race with uh, Dave to Spain for sure. That sounds cool. All right, uh, moving on to next topic. Uh, I'm going to take a clarification from last week. We talked about this race, the 2020 Spec MX-5 Sim Racing Challenge, which is going to be April 15th. It is. I got some clarification from some listeners uh, who know more about it. It's completely different than what we were thinking it was, uh, which last year they had a thing called the Mazda Hot Lap Challenge, which was also in the MX-5, and it was something by Mazda, and I think uh, they had a track day at Laguna Seca and whatnot. Um, But this is a completely different thing. They're also in their second year, um, and so forth. So we got the information on the script. Uh, It's pretty darn cool. you know, you got a chance to win some Rickmotech stuff. You got a chance to win a uh, driving school. Um, they have a website at specmx-5.com. And they have a great YouTube uh, preview or promotional video. And even if you're not in- involved, I mean, check out that video. I mean, it is so cool if you're just a race fan. They talk, it kind of shows different aspects of motorsports and the most famous uh you know racing that happens and at the end it kind of ties it in together with doing sim racing and very cool video but i wish those guys uh, a really good event and uh, if you want to get involved uh go check it out there's definitely some good prizes but it is a, a schedule that goes over the uh, through August, but it just starts on April 15th. So it's not just one event. It's actually nine different races. Okay, uh, Chris Scales, we got a Kurt Bush taking us uh, for a lap around Las Vegas in iRacing. Yeah, this was in a tweet put out by NASCAR um, where Kurt Bush is in a sim and taking us around a lap at Vegas. And uh, kind of give us some tips on how to get around the track. And th- these have been pretty cool videos the last few weeks that they've been putting up. And, and Kurt looked pretty comfortable in a sim. I saw one with Bobby Labonte in it where he didn't look nearly as comfortable. Like I, I don't know if he'd ever been in one before. But when he comes, to, he's trying to tell you how to get onto pit road. And when he hits pit road speed perfectly, he kind of surprised himself. <laughs> so it's, it's really kind of cool that they're putting these real life guys into the, the sim seats and and it's it everything that they're telling you translates over to this m2 it's really neat it looks like it's a weekly thing it looks like they're going to do it every week actually um and so like you said they had bobby labani and then they had somebody else who did one too yeah and steve yeah like i said it's because you could tell some of them are more comfortable than others and kurt looked pretty comfortable but bobby it really didn't look like he had been in a sim before honestly by the way he was trying to do his job and drive at the same time, but he, with all the things that he remembered still were exactly the same. And like I said, then he kind of surprised himself, I think, here at the end. Yeah, I think the other one was the Bubba Wallace uh, doing the Q-Lap, yeah. Yep, yep. Okay, very good. Adam, we got a sign-in recapture. 
Is it? I don't, I don't know what that is, but I'll give this a whirl here. I'll sign in recapture, recapture. I don't know what that is, but um, forum member Scott Edward Nash says the recapture was added quickly to the site once we noticed some unusual login attempt activity. Adding their recapture was the quickest and easiest way we could protect the site. We prefer to keep it user friendly. We've been working on a better solution for you for the last few weeks, and we've rolled it out today. Now we have implemented some additional logic for showing the recapture prompt when you feel that the role, when the user may be a bot, etc. So hopefully, most of you will no longer have to complete a recapture. We just rolled this out today, and we're monitoring our systems to make sure everything is working as intended with no additional issues. If we have to roll it back for any reason, we will. In that case, we will continue to look at ways to make it better. Yeah, so that's the prove you're not a robot thing. You know, like ah, okay. uh, ch click the boxes that have the sidewalk in it. Which drive you nuts. And if you ever try to log into the forums from your cell phone, you've, you've had to do that recently. But what this is saying is they've cut it back. They have a way to identify uh, patterns of, you know, where is the login coming from and that kind of thing. And so hopefully you won't have to do it as much as you've had to do it before is what they're saying. Wasn't that also causing some issues for several third-party apps? It is. And so I don't know if it, the restriction's been completely removed. Um, that's a good question, David. I didn't even hear anything about third-party apps. Okay, the next one. Hey, I like this one. Uh, it has been announced by Tyler Hudson in the forums that going forward in the Oval series, we will uh, go ahead and make the change to be 17x for the drive uh, through drive and stop penalty uh, in pit road instead of 14x and then 25x for the DQ. So what do you guys think? I, I mean, I got the drive through penalty once and uh, I didn't like it and uh, I hit that 14 mark and I think it would have been fair better if it was the 17 mark because I was actually running third near the end of the race with a chance to win when that happened. What really needs to change is the sensitivity of how easily it is to pick up four X's when you scrape a guy in the middle of a caution. That's what really needs to change instead of, the, instead of this number. But uh, hopefully the new damage model has some bearing on that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you, David. I think, when they need to get that fixed, then we'll have to probably change all these numbers anyway. So, this, yeah, it just kind of seems like an adjustable band-aid right now. Okay, cool. Chris Scales, uh, new protest system. We saw this on the social medias. Okay, yeah, I didn't see where it came from or who created this, but it's pretty funny. Yeah, it's, um, it's like somebody created a little... Um, questionnaire for you to fill out if you need to file a protest and it's called the iRacing Butt Hurt Report. It starts out with the date of hurtfulness. You put your the time this thing happened to you. Uh, what caused the butt hurt? Um, check boxes are I lost, I got wrecked, or I wrecked myself, or someone said something unkind. Was a t uh, tissue needed for the tears? Um, check yes or no. Will you be able to move past it? Check yes, no, not sure, or I'm scared for life. And finally, reason for submitting this report, check all that apply. Um, I get wrecked every time. It wasn't funny to me. <laughs> I held my line. These people have no class. Why do I have to race with people less talented than me? 
no one liked my clever selfie or post. Do I still get my participation trophy? I never do anything wrong. Why can't you people understand that? And I'm just here for SR. Can we do check all the above? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think that'd be a lot of us. Just check them all. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, we've had some races recently with Nim Cross in the race with us, literally. And people still are cussing and and doing stuff, you know, calling people out, with, you know, and, and he's like muting people. He actually booted a guy out that wouldn't stop because he was blinking. I mean, it's crazy. I wish I had Nim Cross in my races. All right, and I think we got Evan Pasoko join us. Are you there? His mic is still uh, set to mute. Oh, I got you go. guys. All right, well, cool. Hey, welcome. Uh, thanks for jumping in again. Uh, let's talk about uh, the Coke series. Uh, now that you're here, we'll jump back to the top of the script and uh, take a look. Uh, let's first talk uh, before the race. We've got a few announcements. Uh, we had a sponsorship uh, by uh, Steve Latart announced Track Pass is now uh, his uh, primary sponsor or associate sponsor uh, on, on one of the cars or both of them, actually. And uh, they do the uh, NBC uh, Sports Gold thing uh, where, where you can do the Track Pass. So pretty cool. Yeah, that was that was good to see. And I know that that was something that Steve was working on uh, to kind of get finalized for a couple of weeks. Um and, and that's a great way. I know a lot of the uh, the casual racing crowd who's not big uh, into the sim racing is, you know, well, why can't we get the local stuff broadcasted instead? And, and Track Pass is a good way uh, to get tons of extra coverage uh, on stuff like uh, the ARCA series, uh, Modifieds, and, and kind of the NASCAR home tracks area. So uh, I have a, uh, I'm subscribed to Track Pass. I would encourage everybody else to as well. Yeah, and they uh, put up a nice uh, picture right away of the paint job, and it looks really sharp. So a nice uh, one. I haven't I haven't seen many of the new paint schemes this year that are not uh, are really good. So um, you know, last year with, with the way that the teams came in a little bit late, uh, you know, a lot of them were I don't want to say placeholder paint schemes, uh, but the the paints this year have been real nice. Yeah, they certainly have, and we got also a another race preview from enascar.com. Uh, where they kind of handicapped the series and whatnot. Uh, but let's get right into the race at California. Uh, I mean, right off the bat, you know, we, we had a five-car breakaway from the pack, and then green flag stops around lap 33. Uh, most pitted, but some did not, and stayed out till the halfway mark. And so we had some great pit strategy going, Evan, there at the beginning, and it gave you guys a lot to talk about. And I really thought that once we had gotten to that first cycle of the green flag pit stops, that that meant, you know, we were going to be able to kind of run this thing out. And we had, I would say, three quarters of the field going for the, the two-stop strategy, so pitting right at about lap 33 or whatever. And then that second group of uh, nine cars, I think it was, uh, were going for the one-stopper. And some of them were a little bit tight on fuel, and if we, uh, you know, had gotten a late yellow and needed a little bit of overtime, I think that would have been problematic for the guys at a one-stop. But I'll tell you what, if that thing got to race itself out as is, it would have been a great show. Because when the one-stoppers came in and depitted, they were about 20 seconds behind, so it was about a half a lap difference. So, you know, by the time that second group made an additional stop, I feel like it would have been a very convincing argument for both of those different strategies 
to have a good shot at it at the end. Um, but yeah, I thought we get through the first 15, 20 laps. I felt like if it was green at that point, we were going to be good. Drivers were kind of warning all week, hey, this race might turn into a mess just with the way, uh, you know, that it's so wide open uh, with this package. Uh, and then, of course, uh, it didn't end up to be. We got that caution uh, just past the halfway point. Uh, but it was a convincing pitch strategy to get us kicked off with. And, of course, for the drivers who were on the one stop, uh, some of them stayed out at that point. So they really didn't lose a ton in the strategy. Uh, but a guy like an Alfala, and there was one other car on that strategy who opted to just pit, you know, eight laps later, whatever, when the yellow came out, they kind of got bit in the butt by that. Yeah, it did give them a little track position, but was setting up to look like it was going to be a green flag uh, race, but uh, kind of like Daytona was. But uh, what happened, Graham Boland, he actually uh, wasn't clear and kind of turned himself off the nose of Christian Schallner's bumper there to cause that uh, caution lap 55. Second caution lap 59, Logan Clampett involved with heavy damage, Luza involved. Luza was pushing Clampett. Man, he was super, super loose as Luza's right on his bumper. I thought, oh man. But it was actually cars up ahead of them that hit the wall. Uh, came down and took a bunch of them out. And that, you know, one thing that we introduced on the broadcast this week was our, our little driver picks where we're going to be doing a fun thing uh, with me, Tim, and Randy, just kind of doing our own little fantasy. And I had picked Luza, and I said this on the broadcast, not because he was a two-time winner. I just strictly looked at last year's race in Fontana and Michigan with roughly this identical package, and uh, and he was really good. So he was doing good early. And that took out, you know, a lot of fast guys. Clampett had some speed. But the biggest thing is, of course, last year we had a night race. This year it was in the afternoon. I mean, the track temps weren't way up there. Uh, but you're absolutely right. I mean, these guys were sliding up in the corners. And, you know, it, it wasn't like a car got sideways and it scared somebody away. If anything, they got a little bit more aggressive and saw that as an opening. And, uh, you know, we had uh, our onboard shots and kind of all that stuff that we've grown accustomed to. But my favorite thing not to get too far ahead, is after the race. A lot of drivers were posting some of their, you know, in-car cameras as they see it live with their spotters. And uh, I, I don't think that anything can quite do it justice like seeing that specific angle uh, when you're like four and five wide uh, and, you know, all jockeying for a position. So it was it was a crazy good race. I, I enjoyed it. We didn't quite go caution-free like in Daytona, but I think uh, with the, the possible circumstances that we could have got, we got a really good show out of it. Yeah, uh, Casey Kerwin put up a great video showing Brandon Wilkinson uh, spotter chops. Man, he was, uh, he's a real life spotter too, but he was calling that uh, three, four wide, two on the inside, one on the out, and, and he's really quick, kind of like uh, TJ Major style. Uh, very impressive. Brandon's a former teammate of mine. He's, he's a good guy. That's, that's one of the videos I saw, and I'm going to try to lobby for us to show that clip on our pre-race show. Uh, for Homestead just so that people who aren't on social media can see it because it was I mean that was that clip kind of blew up over the last couple of days and I saw a couple other ones as well uh, for all the drivers who live stream their stuff so that's a, it's a great perspective yeah absolutely so uh, restart with 39 to go it was Overland, Lyon, Nichols, Terry's, Gorlinski up front uh, with 29 to go there was lots of blocking going on as we were getting down to the end uh, on the bottom lane, they were starting to pack up a little bit, getting more aggressive. There were so many close calls, but no caution. Uh, but Casey Kerwin, Jeremy Allen, uh, they ended up joining the top five about then with 25 to go. Crowder was uh, shuffling forward as well. It was in the way that that run to the end worked, of course, being kind of just inside 
of the fuel window is because we didn't get those yellows somehow, uh, like you mentioned, there were plenty of opportunities uh, the way that everybody was mixing it up. Uh, but that kind of, I think, maybe didn't give uh, the clip as of last year, you know, that, that three wide finish because by the time we got down to those final five, 10 laps, I mean, these guys were really half of the work the cars around the track because you were at basically the end of what a tire run would have been anyways. Yeah, and then 18 to go. Three wide for the lead. Man, lots of great racing. Uh, fuel wasn't a factor. Everybody's just going for it. Casey Cowan, Bobby Zielinski, I think we're looking the strongest at that point. But uh, Ashton Crowder kind of breaks through about 10 to go. Uh, he ended up getting a five-car length lead after uh, you know digging on the bottom for a while. Uh, Garrett Lowe eventually does catch up to him, and, and they kind of the two of them kind of broke away from the rest. And then they got stuck side by side for a little bit because what we had seen all night was essentially, uh, I don't know if saying like an IndyCar is the right way to put it, but, you know, car in front could make the move and you're going to get right back on him and have a really good opportunity uh, to pass him back for it. And because they were kind of at the end of that tire run, um, that they, they got deadlocked side by side for a little bit. And, of course, with uh, Zelensky sitting back there in third, I thought he was going to get him. Uh, maybe if there was five more laps or so, he would have been in the picture. But when they got stuck on each other's door for, I think, a two, three laps in a row, he cut his deficit down in half. And then eventually, uh, Ashton was able to get some space. If that didn't happen, uh, I think it would have been a three-horse race to the end. Yeah, Bobby was definitely lurking there. But uh, Garrett Lowe was trying to keep him honest. But, uh, boy, Ashton Crowder, who we had on the show last week, um, he uh, wins the race uh, there. It was a great uh, win. Uh, let's hear you call him uh, to the flag here. Here it is. But it is not going to be enough. And for the second time, Ashton Crowder, a winner in the Enascar Coca-Cola iRacing Series, does it tonight in Fontana. Fun track. Yeah, and I, I love it. It's, uh, you know, this package is different. Uh, than what we've ever seen. But now that we're into our second year with it, I think these drivers know what to experience. And uh, it, it's super cool for, for Ashton to get a second career win. Now we have another perspective of that same call to the checker, but it's Parker Kligerman. And he was uh, on location filming somewhere. And him and all his buddies were watching the race on the computer. And uh, somebody recorded his reaction as Ashton... Uh, Takes his second career win. Let's hear it. No, no, no. Go high, go high. Go low. Boom! Yeah. And that was super one. fun to see yeah, that. I think that's another one that we have to uh, to get on the pre-race show for Michigan. Um you know, Parker watches all of the races, obviously, and, you know, all the team owners do. Um, and I also saw on a Parker's Instagram story that he had kind of been live sharing the whole race uh, on his story, uh, you know, up from, you know, the first couple of laps. And then with Ashton, uh, or actually at that time, it was Logan who was up in front uh, and, and doing a good job. And then Ashton came through. So, uh, you know, Parker, even when he's, I think he was out in the middle of the desert or something, he said, even when he's away. Uh, he's going to tune in. That's like, you know, you hear the stories of John Wood and the Wood Brothers guys driving between races or, or wherever, and they're pulling over on the side of the road because their ride spin forward is, you know, close to the front of the field and whatnot. Uh, you know, really cool to see those moments from behind the scenes. 
I think it just goes to show, I mean, how good the racing is. It's not just, you know, an e-sport. It really is racing and, and it, to the core racing fan, uh, it's just great, especially this package at California, man. It was just great. Uh, we did get a quote from a listener, uh, Thomas Hendrickson. He said, E-NASCAR series drivers will be lining up to get on the show and get some of that lounge luck now. Seriously, though, found myself cheering on Ashton Crowder tonight because how cool he was on the show last week. Awesome to get to know some of these guys off the track before tuning in to watch the races. Keep up the good work. Well, thanks, Tom, for the uh, comment there. Yeah, we try to get them all on here. I'm going to try to get them all on at least once. We've had a, a lot of drivers on multiple times, but we'll keep working on that. Um, and it's kind of neat to get uh, the guy who wins the race, uh, you know, the week before. Well, now they're going to be, you know, they're going to be knocking on the door to get on. And now you got to get them to, uh, to come up for a follow-up uh, to, to tell you how he got the job done. California is a, a real fun track. You know, we've got Michigan a little bit later this year uh, that is a, a similar style. Um, but uh, I, I've seen that you know the drivers not only here but uh, they're kind of getting more involved on social media also so the one thing that I thought was cool is it's easier for us to kind of get quotes from some of the guys that we're not able to interview because I go on Twitter after the race and they're all taking like a selfie video kind of talking about the race so I think it's really cool uh, that the drivers are a bit more accessible or kind of out there this year uh, so if, if anybody tuning in is a fan of the series and isn't already Try to go and follow as many of the drivers and the teams and the podcast Twitter account as well. So when you guys post, they get that. But, you know, get out there and follow them because there's tons and tons of content uh, this year, even more so over last year, which was already kind of a big jump uh, compared to years past. You're absolutely right. I spent the last uh, an hour after the race on Twitter. In fact, I interacted with uh, Mr. Bobby Zelensky. Um, he put up, uh, this might be my favorite wreck avoidance I've ever done. I saw the 15 which is uh, the Valvoline car coming down the track in the corner of my eye, just in time to react and swerve to the left. Uh, NASCAR had a replay of it uh, up on the Twitter. And I asked him, I go, what, you know, is it because of the triples? And, and, and he definitely credits having triple monitors. He, he, he said something like he saw it out of the peripheral vision, uh, that car coming down and, and he was able to move just in time to miss it. And I, when I race, I'm, you know, doing hosted and it, it doesn't matter if I wreck or if I don't. But when I first made the change from the, the single monitor to the, the triples way back when, uh, aside from like the headache I got for the first two, three days, because my brain just didn't know what was happening. Um, I, I don't think I can ever sim race any other way. All right. And let's look at the points as we wrap up the week. Ashton Crowder is the leader. Uh, but actually tied with Bobby Zelensky, Job, John Gorlinski, third, Keegan Leahy, fourth, Ray Alfala, fifth. And the big thing is, of course, we don't have, uh, and it obviously it, doesn't, it wouldn't work with our playoff format anyways, uh, you know, there is none of that lock yourself in uh, So with a win. So you're going to have to point your way all the way through those top eight. Uh, the point that I think we had Randy had made on the top of the broadcast was that you can't win the championship the first two weeks. You can't really lose it either, but you can certainly start Ray from the back foot. Uh, and there's some pretty big names, drivers that I think, you know, had some pretty good expectations for themselves uh, that are, you know, nowhere near. How about Zach Adovac? He's 35th in points after two weeks. Now, Yikes. that means we've still got we've still got 14 races to go to the cut line. 
uh, but he's only got 23 points. The guys at the top of the points, Ashton Crowder, Bobby Zelensky, have 75. Uh, you know, so he's already 50 points back. Some, you know, 40-something points back of what is our way too early playoff cut line. Uh, but, you know, you can't win it in the first two weeks, but you can certainly make life a lot uh, harder on yourself. And, you know, somebody like him or, or Ryan Luza, who's 25th in points, uh, are just kind of the big names that pop out to meet right away. Um, not a good opening start uh, to the campaign. So maybe they'll really enjoy having those two extra races on the calendar this year. Yeah, yeah. Brian Schoenberg is really beating himself up. He's actually dead last in points. Uh, he was on social media talking about it. Malik Ray as well. Uh, he's 39th in points. So those guys, uh, they need some luck. Well, it's been a, a good a good race week here for the Coke Series, Evan. Uh, what about next time? What do you guys co have coming up? Well, I'll tell you what. It felt like a month between Daytona and getting to Fontana. So it's only going to be extra excruciating um, when we have to wait now three weeks uh, until March 17th. Uh, which is our next time out. And it's also going to feel super weird because uh, for round three, we're going to racing at Homestead. We were just there. Uh, I think it has been the season finale every single season since 2011. Uh, so having it for the third week out is going to be odd. Uh, but of course, you know, we said that we could only learn so much from Daytona, uh, you know, to start a season. And we, we had kind of joked that this week was the real start, but also... I think Fontana's still a little bit of an outlier because it and Michigan are so different. As soon as we get now our first intermediate one-and-a-half-mile track under our belt, uh, I think we're going to have a good idea of who's got speed this year and, and who's still going to be working. And again, it's early. You can figure things out and make improvements. Uh, but, you know, I you know I said you know Novak and Luza as big names just based on how well they performed last year. Uh, if we see somebody you know, like a Cordy Vincent and a Jarl and be able to start strong but also finish strong, which they've been lacking in these first two, be able to get those results. Maybe then I'll put them in that same boat where, hey, those are guys on the outside looking in uh, that you're going to need to look forward to. So, uh, But Homestead's another fun track. I don't think there's many racetracks that aren't a ton of fun with this package. Uh, so, yeah, three weeks' time, March 17th, and I uh, hope everybody tunes in for it. All right. Well, thank you for coming on, Evan Pasoko. Uh, for telling us about the uh, the race at California. And uh, yeah, we'll see you in three weeks. Uh, have a good one. We'll catch you then. All right. Thanks for coming on. All right, David Hall, let's pick up where we left off, the BMW Sim 120 Cup. Yeah, we ran this um, earlier in Daytona. This time around, it's going to be at Sebring, my favorite track. However, we're running it Sunday, March 1st at 1300 GMT. They said that they've adjusted this time to maximize the multi-continent participation. Um, and it's a tough choice. It's going to feature the BMW special. It's the second feature, actually. Um, and they're now calling it the BMW Sim 120 Cup. Um, it's going to be the same format as before. you got to have at least two drivers. Uh, the event time uh, is starting at 1300 GMT. So uh, the Sim time is 12 noon. Sebring, two drivers, it's just the BMW cars, and the setup is open. A lot of nice prizes here. P1, $1,200 for each, for each driver. Uh, pairing, I guess winning pairing and entry at the end of the year event in Munich. And then there's also 600 for each driver for P2, 300 for each at P3. 
Man, uh, do it, do it, people. Man, look at that money. You can go to Germany. Yeah, prizes are for top split winners only. Uh, and if the winner winning team already has an entry, the most recent earned entry will fall to the next team in line that doesn't have an entry. So I guess it, it, they'll get it. Each race will get an entry. Now, the, with that, when, when they have this starting, it's going to finish eight minutes in the NIS. And I actually said something to Nim about it last night. Uh, and he um, he said I should email in a in a message to support and see if they'll move one of them. And I, I don't think anybody would want to bump this up early. So I might be trying to talk them into bumping NIS Sunday morning by 15 no. minutes. I doubt they would do that. I mean, how many people are really crossing over between those two races? Yeah. So what you? I really have to do, probably, what I really have to do is, <laughs> is, is, is find one of the, hopefully one of the Elite West guys or one of the other guys that have borrowed me for an endurance race can run the second half of it. There you go. Or dismiss it in IS. It won't be the end of the world. Well, if I if I had not screwed, we'll talk about it in results. But if I if I had not screwed the pooch last night, I would have just skipped Sunday. But all right, we'll get to it. Adam, how about a, a youngster a listener told us about that we need to check out Elvis Rankin. Yeah, check out Elvis Rankin. He's I think he's fifteen, maybe he he's running. He MX5. looks like he's twelve. Oh, but about the same. Um, He's winning in everything in real life. I think he races late models, and he's on here in an MX-5 beating top top rating guys in league races. I guess his goal is NASCAR in five years, 2025. Go yeah, and he's got the stats to back it up, too. Hey, so, and... ElvisRacing.com to check him out. Yeah, and he does uh, race reviews where he kind of goes over his MX-5 race and and he kind of calls it like he's, you know, a, an announcer. It's kind of neat to watch. He's got a little uh, YouTube channel. So uh, anyway, check him out. A name to watch in iRacing. Uh, next up, a pretty neat video. I think it was from Saturday. Uh, Stuart Haas Esports put up a video of Justin Bolton, Coke driver, uh, along with Chase Briscoe, who drives for Stuart Haas Xfinity. And uh, the question is, uh, is the question of the night, hey, if you put them head-to-head on iRacing, who wins? And so they're kind of sitting there talking smack, but I think Justin Bolton pretty much thinks he's going to win. Now, interestingly, Chase went on to win the Xfinity race. I kind of can I don't know if I remember saying this or not, but... It might be neat to have an all-star event that combines uh, real-life all-stars and sim all-stars. Like half cup, half. Mm -hmm. Get their ass handed to them. It'll happen. <laughs> Tony Stewart did that a few years ago, remember? Yeah. And, and they, they can't compete, I'm sure. But, you know, just because these guys are so tuned in. Uh, Justin Bolton is a, is, a, is a cool guy, guys. I mean, he's a Coke driver. But he's also the tire specialist on the Stuart Haas team. I mean, he's out there every weekend uh, checking tire pressure and, and scraping the rubber off tires and doing all that. Pretty cool. So imagine how much setup information he has about both sim, in sim, and real racing. Right. It's got, it's I wonder how much advantage. that helps him. It can't hurt. 
Right. Like when he goes and hits F6 and looks at tire temps, you know, he really knows what he's looking at. All right, Chris Scales, we got a beautiful video in 4K. Yeah, unfortunately, I can't actually see it in 4K because <laughs> I don't have my computer hooked up to a 4K monitor. But it's a video of the um, new uh, Porsche GT4 car um, out on track. And man, it is, it does really look nice. And this is kind of why my end game is triples and not going to be in VR because. To give up in resolution, I mean, this thing just looks incredible, even on my 1080 monitor. I have 4K uh, up on my 55-inch on the, on the wall, and uh, I stopped and put it up there and hit the settings in YouTube and changed it to 4K and watched it. And wow, i got to say, you know, these guys at iRacing are putting out some kick-butt videos. Uh, the quality is just extreme. If I was really on track, I would probably wreck at Lime Rock looking up at all those trees. I mean, it's it's just, it really is nice. Ultra realistic. Uh, you know, if you're trying to determine, is this, you know, graphical or is this real? I mean, you can't even tell. It, it's really gotten to that point. Yeah, so it's a, a preview video about the uh, Porsche. Now, we did get some details in the description of the video. Um, it's called the Porsche 718 Cayman GT4 Club Sport MR, and it's going to bring GT4 action to iRacing. Our newest sports car joins the multi-class IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge for the 2020 Season 2, and it will compete in its own support series alongside the Porsche Esports Super Cup throughout the 2020 season. In addition to regular series, you'll have a chance to race the Cayman in the IMSA 90 Minutes of Sebring special event on March 15th. Speaking of triple monitors, um, our next article has a nice picture from iRacing where they're setting up their triple monitor rigs at the PAX East Boston convention. PAX is like a video game convention. Yep, and they're gonna they're setting up their booth, and they'll be they're gonna be up there from February twenty seventh to the twenty to the first. So they're starting. I mean, they're the, like I said, the Twitter post already has them setting it up. All right. So if you're in the Boston area, the uh, Kevin Bobbitt said, come by and say hi. Okay. Next up, uh, the Dale Junior Download podcast. Uh, Adam, I think you told us this we, and told us in our team chat, quote, uh, Dale Jr. said on his podcast, he's in talks to get Hickory Motor Speedway scanned, a short trick track in North Carolina. Yeah, Dale's been on a tear here getting tracks scanned. He, he's, he, he's been working on Wilkes, North, North, sorry, North Wilkesboro, um, Nashville, and now the most recent little snippet he's given is scanning a popular little track that a bunch of series run down there, Hick, Hickory Motor Speedway. You know, you know, Dale loves the history. Uh, when you just you just listen to his podcast today, and he had and he has so many historical guests. Uh, and I came in to iRacing way or not into iRacing to racing later than than that era. So it's neat to hear those guys from those times. I didn't even know about that guy you was talking about the other day. I, I found that story fascinating about like the um, carbon monoxide and how the end of that guy's career. 
Oh yeah, I remember Rick Mast for sure. All right, let's keep moving. Next one I got is the iRacing curse has returned. Uh, we got word that Barcelona is making significant changes to their pit lane right after we scanned and released the track. Well, this happens a lot whenever we scan and release a track, uh, the track makes changes, but it's just coincidence more than anything. I don't think there's a curse. I don't know. Do you guys remember the last time this happened? Yeah, the Roval. Right. Might be a little quicker to rescan the Roval than Barcelona. Well, we're just talking about the pit road area, though. But yeah, that compared to just scanning a chicane, it's going to take quite a bit more time. Okay, and Adam, we're coming up on Season 2. When is it going to happen? Yeah, we're, we're going to have a Season 2 release March 3rd, beginning at 8 a.m. Um, th that's when iRacing will go down for maintenance. And, um, yeah. Now, they did mention that the test drive will be open while they're down for maintenance. And one thing I want to throw out, I hope somebody from iRacing is listening to us, but it, it says here, you may use test drive for any piece of content you have downloaded. Well, when I've done it, I can try any car I want, but I can't try any track. I think it'd be cool if you could fit change it where we could try every track. It kind of reads like you can try every track, but you actually can't. Yeah, that'd be neat. Get a little, try something out, see if you like it. I've actually bought cars by doing test drive uh, on cars I haven't owned. So it works, and I, I think they need to open it up to track. So this is my call out to iRacing. Please. Let's add tracks to the test drive. And then, Chris, we got late breaking news uh, just a couple hours ago about what might be in that build. Yeah, it sounds like um, if you want to hear more about what be, might be coming next week, you can listen to um, Iracine's uh, podcast, The the Downshift. It's a good podcast. I haven't had a chance to listen to this week's yet, if they've even put it up. It looks like they're going to be teasing um, an updated Texas. Uh, the Cup cars updated the 2020 physics. Um, six cars on the updated um, new damage model. The TCR, the GT4, the Corvette, CR, or C6R, GT1, the Aston Martin, GT1, the Ford, GT, GT2, the National Impala, and uh, the GTE and GT3 on the new tire model. Wow. Oh, boy. Duke, Texas. New yeah. tire model, GTE. That's a, that's a different... Damage model on the Impala. Yeah. <laughs> we, we all have our takeaways for that. I was like, I know what I'm going to go for. <laughs> well, I think the big one, the Cup cars updated to 2020 physics. So that means the short tracks and road courses are going to have that new uh, low downforce package. Yeah. We're going to Phoenix. Yeah, I'm excited right? for that. Yeah, Phoenix. Yeah, Phoenix will have oh, that. Oh, boy. So testing is going to be a little behind here because when we get that car till Tuesday, and it'll be a completely yeah. different car. Yeah, right. We're going to throw that one out the window. Oh boy. <laughs> so no way, keep... no way opens on Monday, yeah. Well, what, it won't make any difference. It'll be a yeah, completely different car. <laughs> is there a way you can knock the spoiler off of it in that setup hall? And then, you yeah, you back might be able to see it kind of. Yeah. Might I mean, get processed we... or something for that. I mean, we haven't driven the new Texas. I mean, what do you guys think about leaving the old Texas behind? 
Um, boy, we've driven it for a lot of years now, and now it, we're going to have something totally different. Is the uh, new scan, uh, what's the surface like? Because I can't think of where they're at, because I like the old Texas. The one and two is completely different on the new Texas. Um, it's really wide and, and more banked, I think. I think three and four is about the same, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't like one or two, so maybe I'll maybe I'll like it. <laughs> All right, we'll see. Um, next up, we are in regular rotation at Performance Motorsports Network. Don't forget, guys. I actually uh, f fired it up this morning, just out of the blue, randomly, and guess what? Our show was on. So we are in rotation over there. Thank you to uh, those guys uh, for putting us up. We do appreciate that. I get a kick out of listening to them in the morning, Andy and um, Taylor. So yeah, Andy, we... Delay, Taylor, Burris, they have a show over there, and they talk about us sometimes, and we've had a shout-out on their recent show, so thanks to them. Burning Rubber Radio. Burning Burn Rubber, Rubber Radio. Radio. So as we One transition... The, I like the Sorry. Jim Beaver show, too. Okay, <laughs> let's do hardware, software. Chris, iRacing, Min Force Tool. Um, yeah, I think we've talked about this one before, um, so it's just kind of a reminder because I've, I've in the last couple of um, NIS races, I've heard people talking about their min force um, force feedback settings, and uh, they have kind of have it backwards. I've heard a lot of people saying that they have it set on like zero one, so that it's the most sensitive, and that's not actually the case. What you want to do is download um, this uh, min force tool. Um, I have to fix my link on the podcast, um, but it's a forum link um, where it'll tell you all about it, and you just download this quick tool, and what it'll do is it'll send force to your wheel in tiny increments. And once it gets done running, it'll spit out a document where you can go, and it'll tell you when you're at what level your wheel starts responding to force, and it'll give you a number. And you put that into iRacing and you're done. Um, mine for my Thrustmaster is a 7. So see, if I would have that set at 1, like a lot of people do, I would be missing out on all that low-level input. So we, a lot of people are setting it, think they're getting it more sensitive or having it backwards. So this is just a reminder. And uh, if you want to, on the forums, it's, um, it's, a for, it's a post by David Tucker and... Uh, it's called Old Wheel Check. It's a wheel check tool. That is I've all. been loving <laughs> force feedback with my Direct Drive 1 Fanatec base. Uh, I can't be more happy with how it's worked out. Yeah, it makes all the difference having, you know, it's, if you don't have that seat of the pants type feel, you have to rely on the other ones. And so having, yeah, having that, the best for, force feedback possible is a big deal. Especially at California, you know, as you as you roll up through four up onto the straight and you're just on the edge of, you know, spinning out. The only way you know not to spin out is this the feel of the tire of the wheel, you know, and with the, the feel underneath you. It's how much grip is there, how much little grip is there, and it's all coming through there. So Yeah, you can feel it through the wheel and like I would, I know we are always on a triples versus VR debate, but I really feel like I can see the car start to turn too. Yeah, visually see it, yeah. All right, David, I've been drooling over a proper monitor stand. So we have a most recent post, which is a is the triple monitor stand for the sim, from SimLabs. Uh, definitely sturdy. Uh, my rig is SimLabs. 
And yes, they gave me a great deal on it, but it's a great product and it's been one of the biggest difference makers in, in my racing recently. Uh, the, when I look at the website at the actual mounts, I can't really tell whether it's only designed to mount to the rig or, or just stand alone. They have no both. Way. They do have both. Okay. Cause yeah, if you're going to go, if you think in going motion, you want to make sure and get one that'll attach to your rig. That's a good point because, uh, you know, you could get a D box and bolt it onto a sim lab chassis, but you would definitely want your monitors as part of that chassis, right? For sure. The freestanding one would not be good. Now with my setup where it's not motion, I I would, I mean, I want a freestanding one. And so I kind of been looking at the sim lab freestanding monitors just because these ones I have are crap. And uh, I was just drooling. That's all. They I think a, this is one of the best ones you can buy. They have a couple of different weight options that you can go with. And it looks like they range from about 160 euros to 250. All right. I'll keep looking. Adam, how about a Fanatec Porsche 911 GT3 podium wheel kit review? Yeah, it looks like I'm pulling up the link here. Looks like Fan Attack has a new. Well, I don't know if it's GT3. new, but we got a nice review Podium of it. Wheel. Yeah. You want to take this over? Well, I've seen this before. I mean, we've looked at it before, but we got Barry from the Sim Racing Garage, who's done his normal thorough tear down, take apart, rebuild, and show you everything. Uh, that's bad with the design and good with it. So yeah, it's just the Porsche rim, but the podium version of it. Not cheap, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I mean, if I was buying a wheel today, this would probably be the one I get. Mm -hmm. I like the shifter on the back, the clutch. You got the finger clutch, <clears throat> right? All right, so if you're interested in learning more about that wheel, I mean, definitely want to check out uh, Barry's uh, videos. He's been knocking them out of the park lately, about one a week, so uh, pretty cool. So the next thing we have is an R-seat frame, uh, or a rig that a, that a fella just posted that he's pulled the trigger and bought, and I'm also looking right on the R-seat site here. Uh, it looks kind of like a tube frame based rig, but it looks very adjustable and looks pretty sturdy. I like the look of it, man. It just looks sharp as hell. It's got a tubular, you know, bait uh, thing for the for the wheel mount, but the bottom is just like this big metal, con you know, box kind of look. Very sturdy. Kind of like a sled. Uh, what's neat about it too is the the bottom part. It has a slider for the. A chair so the chair can go forward and back and that's really a nice thing to have i do have that on my rig do you slide your chair out each time you get in and out yeah so how much is it did you see a price i'm looking i don't see one yet let's see what happens if i go buy now i think i did look it up at some point i can't find it right now i think it was 350 this is the one i was telling nick about ain't bad for a price at all for a stationary cockpit? Yeah, that's good. So when you go to their site, it's rseatamerica.com. 
and uh, they have it, it. This new one is called the RCS1, and it's their new version, so to speak. And uh, it's eleven hundred dollars US. So I was mistaken about the price. I think I was looking at one of the older ones. So that's quite a bit, eleven hundred for a stationary cockpit. But uh, our seat, uh, they're always an option. Uh, we always sometimes overlook our seat, uh, but there's a lot of them out there. So, all right, let's keep moving. The next one is Sim Race Components. Uh, they put up a uh, some some eye candy on the Instagram. They call it the SRC Pro V2 Black Code, and uh, boy, it is nice. It's an 80-20 cockpit with the side mount for a, you know, like a podium direct drive, uh, triple curve monitors, uh, integrated, you know, monitor mount, got a Kirky, you know, race seat mounted on it. You know, your typical 80-20 rig. But I love the black. That's That's gorgeous. <laughs> Yeah, their website is simracecomponents.com. And this particular uh, rig I just described uh, sells for 613 euros to 777 euros. Not a bad price, actually. Wow, it looks sturdy, too. It looks like you set an ogre in that thing and they wouldn't be able to move it. Yeah, it comes in silver or what they call black code. And I think this is Spain, if I remember right. It's a very beefy seat they have in that. <laughs> That's the real deal, isn't it? Okay, and then Chris, how about the Stylo ST5 VR? Yeah, so Stylo has made a... So they um, make uh, helmets primarily that I know of, and they have made a helmet for VR, basically. A helmet that you can mount your rift into and so instead of putting on your headset you put on your helmet and go race <laughs> but it's it's really cool it's it's something i could definitely see david hall buying but he's gonna have to email him if he wants a price i think which is probably gonna be you know i mean it's, it's gonna be expensive that really style helmet's probably like 1200 just by itself <laughs> yeah and you gotta figure they're probably <laughs> using the you know they're not gonna take any of the Normal stuff out of the helmet, so they're probably going to charge a full price for it. It would look good on your stream, though, David. Uh, so even, even less of my face shows up? Yeah, didn't already? I <laughs> I don't know if I really want to... I'd have to turn the AC down even lower, even in the middle of the winter, because uh, it gets warm in these seats. You so up, like, it... some fans and a hose that plug into the front of it. Yeah, it needs an air cooler. You might get hot. <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing. If it had the, the hose that goes into the top, you know, like a Jimmy Johnson helmet where they have an air conditioner blowing air on your head, I think it might be doable. But without that, I'm just thinking it would be too hot. My my buddy Stilo has a hose thing in the back. I, I don't know if this one would, though. I mean, I like I like immersion to a point, but not so much that it becomes uncomfortable. This will protect you from cats, too, though. Like we had that cat that walked in on somebody in VR. <laughs> That's right. Well, the cat can scratch you in many other places other than you. <laughs> so the website is stylo.it. Start racing oh. in chainmail. All right. And if you want a free 
cockpit, David, we found a gig a giveaway. Yes, the guys at Next Level Racing are giving away a wheel stand direct drive. Or well, it says DD. I don't know if that means direct drive or not. Um, and there's a link for their on our page and on their Instagram for their Discord channel. Go over there to find out how to win. This is their entry level uh, wheel stand. I don't think the wheel comes with it or the the wheel base as you mentioned, but it's just a stand that you can mount uh, the wheel to as well as a place to put the brakes and there's a place for the shifter as well. A real low profile. I think we've talked about it before, but you can win one for free on their Discord. This would almost be handy if you were in a situation where you were portable. You just pull it out in the living room for the evening kind of thing? Yep. Either that or even traveling. Or driving your truck like that other guy was doing. You do it in the passenger side of the car. <laughs> All right, Adam. Uh, what did we find on Etsy? All right, Etsy. Scroll down. Oh, why am I up here? Sorry. All right. 3D designs for sim racing. Let's see here. Looks like they've got... Oh, is this like the... um. These are the, the symbols that people are putting in the middle of the wheels. Like Yeah, it's got all kinds of stuff, this guy. It does it for like Logitech, it does it for Fan Attack and Thrustmaster. Looks like he's got some quick releases he make made too. Yeah, wheel quick change for Thrustmaster is some kind mm -hmm. of bracket. Yeah, and he did like yeah, he also he's also got these like Mercedes symbols for like Logitechs. Change out your metal thing, what it looks like. Just adds a little flair to your wheel. Even has something here that says Thrustmaster Magnetic Shifter, eight bucks. So, uh, yeah. 3D printed kind of stuff. Uh, this is Chris H. Designs at Etsy.com. So, check his stuff. Next up, a email I got from Derek Spears Designs to let us know they uh, started ordering for batch number 11 of the SimU Cube 2 wheelbase. Uh, expect to be shipped the first week of April 2020. So if you're looking to buy the SimU Cube 2, the next batch has opened. Um, that's a great wheel. The Pro is uh, 1500 uh, the sport is 1300. That's the entry level one, 1300. And that doesn't have the actual wheel, that's just the base. The ultimate's almost through. The ultimate's crazy. I'm not even going to tell people about it because I think it's so crazy. It's $2,900. You can buy a fleet of race cars for that amount of money, four cylinder cars. Okay, let's talk about something else we can't afford. Chris Gales. Yeah, DEM Racing Simulators. It says uh, F1 season is coming. Do you need an F1 show car or F1 full-size simulator for your business? Well, yes, of course, don't we all? You can <laughs> give them a call, though, and they'll, they'll bring one right to your door. I don't know how much that costs or where they're located, but if you have more money than sense, these are your people. I think it's Italian. And yeah, you can buy literally a, a simulator that's a full Formula One race car. Now, we've seen another version of this from another company just a couple of weeks ago, and this is a different company. So um, 
they have competition, I guess. Yeah, apparently there's a market, and it's the new ones with the halo on it and everything. It's sharp. All right, David, we got a tip from a listener on the next one. Yes, we have another tube frame rig here. Uh, it's called the Titan Cockpit. It's actually selling without the seat. You can get it for $359.95. Um, it's two-inch diameter tube frames with uh, steel black powder. It's got adjustable mounts for the wheel and the pedals. Um, looks like a nice affordable option. I don't um, know. The only thing that I always have wonder about with these non-8020 rigs is just how adjustable they are, uh, whether you'll end up fitting on them or not. And flex. Yeah. This is the one I was thinking that was three hundred to four hundred dollars. It's three hundred and sixty yeah. bucks with no seat. Well, two inch, uh, two inch still can be pretty sturdy. Compare this to the R seat cockpit we looked at a few minutes ago. That was eleven hundred dollars. They're not terribly different, and this one's only three hundred sixty. It's got quite a bit of less less metal on the along the rail along the base. Right. Less of a base, yep. This is gtomega.com, and it is a new product. Uh, yeah, Scott Ebersol sent us in. Thanks, Scott, for uh, letting us know about it. All right, Adam, how about a, a button box? Uh, Real Racecar H2 H2 22 panel style programmable. Sorry, programmable. I can't even speak. Pro <laughs> programmable. Button box. It looks like um, Rick Matek has a new button box out for two hundred twenty nine dollars. It's got your standard ignition switch and your um, yeah, your ignition switch and a rotary switch and a couple other buttons on it. Very high quality look to it um, for sure. This is the kind of the one I was looking at for maybe getting for myself. To, I want to mount something underneath my keyboard tray. Uh, that has a few key buttons on it, and it's got the brake bias knob and some switches and knobs and the ignition and all that. So this would be perfect for me. Um, I just love the the switches; look so high quality. It's clean looking. Yeah, very nice. All right, next up is Rise has a push to talk button. They're selling for $65 shipped in the U.S. And Rise is on Facebook. Uh, so if you search Rise Engineering, um, they don't really have a website. I think you order it from Facebook. Uh, but looking at you know some of their previous posts and, and different photos they have of stuff they sell, this guy is the, definitely something we're going to be talking about more often. Um uh, if you have a like a traditional race wheel and you need a push to talk or a couple buttons, he has some great solutions here. And that was always my concern with getting like a Max Pappas wheel or something like that. It's like, you know, how am I going to, you know, push to talk to talk to my buddies and team speak, you know? I went the other way around when it went to buying the, the old rim and ended up with... Uh that Porsche rim because it has so many buttons on it, even though it's still a kind of an oval rim. Right. And that's it for hardware software. Tony Groves. How about the fantasy league update? Yep. We lost Tony. 
But I'll talk about it. Team 207 is taking the lead. I am second. Uh, Mike Dean Ellis is second. Res Dog third. My I rating sucks is fourth. <laughs> and Dayton number 14 is uh, fifth. Uh, where do you guys fit in on this? Uh, Chris, I see you down there in 12th. Yeah. Adam, 16th. Is there a drop week? Because I forgot to do last week. Nope. <laughs> they do have, so there is a playoff though. So as long as you hang close by the end and everything does reset, kind of like real life. All right. Use my move again. Uh, Team 207 is <laughs> a guy from around here that I invited to the league. He actually and he's heard uh, leading. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking ringer. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I see Sam Scales up there in eighth. Yeah, my wife's beating me. That's embarrassing. Is she picking it by colors? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's actually she's actually pretty good, but I'm I'm trying to play a little bit more conservative because that's how Tony keeps beating me. Now we're still early in the season, so guys jump on NASCAR's app and hit fantasy and then type in iRacers Lounge. It's really easy to pick drivers for the week. It takes like sixty seconds. It's real simple. Yeah, they, um, NASCAR, that was kind of a, a win for NASCAR when they added in the stage racing stuff. It was kind of a, a side effect I didn't think of. It makes the fantasy stuff a lot more interesting. It gives uh, more more options for you to do during the race when you're watching it. Yeah. All right, let's jump into results. Uh, let's talk NASCAR iRacing Series. Uh, finish up Las Vegas, Thursday fixed. Nick and I ran, uh, Nick ran, Nick Williams. P35, he was wrecked out, and he was sick, so a bad race for him. I ended up P8, uh, was fast. I short-pitted on a green flag stop, and then the caution came out. I got a wave around eventually and uh, drove green from 23rd up to 13th, and then another green flag stop went well, and I cycled up to 8th, and I was definitely going forward at Vegas. Uh, real happy with that run and fixed. Uh, Friday Open, Nick Williams, P10. Nice top 10. He did lead some laps. Kept the car clean. But David, uh, wow, P3. Yeah, I was running in the lead, but uh, in the in the process of the fight, I just burned up a little bit too much of the tire and uh, faded to third. But felt, felt good to have a good finish there. Yeah, that's a good run for you for points, too. So uh, very well. And I also had a good run for points. P11. Wow, I'm so happy with that. It was a long, long green run at the start. And I was coming forward, even though it was green. Um, but, you know, I did fade a little bit at the end and ended up 11th. I think I was on older tires and getting eaten up, too. And then, Adam, you made top split just barely. Yeah, just and barely. And P15. Just barely squeezed in each week. Um, got clipped on lap three. I think I was around 10th or so and had some damage and hung around 20th the whole race and just hung on and got P15. Good start to the second week. It's tough race yeah, for those get, guys. <laughs> get some points, yeah. All right, and then Sunday open. David, you ran wrecked out. Typical shooting gallery. Yeah, I don't even really remember the specifics. Just some guys in front of me getting getting crossways and nowhere to go. Uh, you know, a lot of the NIS success, especially in those tracks, if you stay mistake-free yourself, you can. it's still just a matter of avoiding the shooting gallery of everybody else around you. Exactly, and that's kind of how my race went um, in Sunday. Oh, uh, fixed. Uh, I got wrecked out. I was running eighth. 
the second, uh, the two in the front of me actually hooked bumpers. I couldn't miss it, man. Um, I slowed up just a bit and I was able to actually miss it, but then I got plowed from behind and that was it. Uh, Nick Williams, he got a P3, had a solid run, led some laps and didn't overdrive the car on the last restart. So he's, uh, he had a problem where he was choking some of those last restarts, but he finally got one where he didn't. Nice run, P3. Now this week, California uh, Auto Club wins the Open. Uh, David, you got P21 and you put a huge mistake on a green-white checker. Yeah, you were in this race with me, and I, I was running towards the front the entire race. Was probably walk, uh, ready to walk away with the podium or and have a shot at the win. On one of the last restarts, uh, we're all fighting for positions. I had to start on the outside, so it was at a disadvantage to begin with. And um, I saw the car that I thought was to my inside spin, and then I started to move down to fill that hole, and there was another car there. Uh, so it was a complete just boneheaded mistake on my part i immediately apologized to the guy he was a little mad because apparently the caution had just happened when it happened but really at that point it was a racing incident but not a racing incident it was it was a mistake i thought that there was no car there i thought it, the hole had just opened up and i turned right down into him yeah and didn't you have a problem with the green cone well in recovering uh, getting the car and trying not to come back up on the track, I hit the green cone, staying low instead of coming coming back up. And yeah, at that point, I uh, got a black flag, never got a chance to serve it actually. So I just got stuck on the end of that lap and finished 21st. Now, was it the same race you got in the cone earlier in the race? No, that was an A open. Oh, that was A open, right? Yeah. But that cone is right on the edge of the surface. It's literally on the white line of the racing surface. And so. If you're not careful, uh, California, it's real easy to get down there. Yep. All right, my race. Wow, I got a P6. I'm so happy with that. Kind of faded on the first run as I wasn't used to the set and it was super loose uh, at the beginning of the run. And it was a green track and I was just being cautious, but I faded, faded, man. These guys were eating me alive. I fell back to like 22nd. Uh, green flag stops happened. You know, eventually I got some cautions towards the end of the race that in, you know, as those cautions happen and people wreck, I was just moving forward and forward. And somehow at the end, I'm P6. I can't believe it. I didn't run P6, but I got it. Yeah, I blame you for my bad, my, my mistake. I was begging it for wasn't caution, yeah, yeah, you were begging for the caution. And I, so I blame you, even though it was really still my doing. Yeah, you didn't want the caution because you were in a good spot. And I needed one because I was so far back and... Yeah, it worked out for me. Chris, a P4. Man, you back up another top five every week this season. Yeah, and it just kind of kind of fell in my lap because I was um, it was a pretty clean race. I think we had one caution early, and then we had a, a lot of green flag laps, and there was uh, um, some green flag pit stops. And I tried to – I was running eighth, I think, and I decided I was going to stay out and lead a lap. And it took me a lot of laps to do that. And by then I was committed. So I stayed out way too long on tires, lost a lot of time, came back out, I think 17th. And, but that, right after that, we had a caution. So I had five laps on my tires. Everybody else had 20. And so me and a couple other guys stayed out and I, my tires were perfect. I had warm tires, they had cold tires. And 
I actually got out to too much of a lead and then just got my doors blown off when he got my draft, but um, ended up starting up, starting on the outside on a uh, late race restart and just couldn't get down to the bottom and up fourth. The outside is really bad on restarts at this track, right? I mean, you always are going to lose spots if you're on the outside. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, with a green-white checker, there's just enough time to make that up. You're not in a good place if you're there on the outside. You lose too much distance compared to, like, once you have the momentum all the way up, but on the restart. It, yeah, it takes going. two laps it takes two laps to get that momentum going here. Yeah. Uh, Adam, P13, again, top split. Good run. Yeah, it's just squeaked in again, and uh, this week ran even better. Ran 10th to 18th, and... Just hung on there. Had a guy chirping me with some comments before the race, in the middle of the race, but avoided the noise and kept fighting. And I had a guy pushing me at the end of the race, and we I ended up 13th. Pretty happy. Sitting 17th overall in NIS points three weeks in. And it wasn't easy. I mean, it was like caution after caution. You know, you'd just do a few laps at a time. Yeah, I just chipped away at it. Um, actually, fell back to about 20th because I missed my pit box on the pit road. Picked up about seven spots in the last little run there. The car was fast. Thanks, guys. Yeah, the set is great, guys. Um, I can't say enough about that. It's really loose at the beginning, uh, but if you can just manage and just hang on to it for five or seven laps, it comes in. But, uh, what was good with it was the tire wear. You could run 35 laps, 30 laps, and the tire wear was even on the right side, so just good. Yeah, and I turned the ratio up to 16 on this track, too, to kind of help with that. Um, you don't want to oversteer this car, you know, going through the corners. It'll come around for sure. Or just shred your right front either way. Yep. Okay, today's race, Thursday Open, I ran P23. And guess what? Dale Earnhardt Jr. on the pole for my split. Uh, he was in the NASCAR iRacing Series uh, Open with us. His I ratings uh, right around 3,500. I don't remember his car number. Uh, he was in the nationwide uh, blue colors, um, but he was on the pole. And uh, anyway, uh, I never actually got to race around him. Um, I actually uh, messed up in qualifying and wrecked. Started 35th, um, quickly got up to around 20th or so, maybe even up to 15th. But I was the first caution. I was on the very, very bottom out of four. And some guy drove in underneath me and just totally clipped me and took me out and I hit the wall. Uh, RPMs were down after that, about 60. I uh, got the damage fixed, but it just wasn't fast on the straight. So um, that's the best I could do was 23rd. Uh, the next caution later, uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. apparently got loose and caused a big one. Uh, he was the cause of the caution. He got loose all by himself is what somebody said from the replay and uh took out a few cars and uh he didn't really talk during the race uh he did say you know good luck at the beginning but nothing else really after that but boy it was the first time i've actually got to personally race with him and it's it's a thrill i mean to be on track with somebody of that caliber it is a thrill that's the second time we've seen him in that race, too. He raced there at Daytona. So hopefully, yeah, those Thursday afternoon races, I mean, that might be his spot. Might see him a bunch more. It'd be really cool. Yeah, we're happy to have him. And uh, we'd like to have him on the show. I've, I've hit him up on Twitter. We've sent a letter. We sent stickers. 
Maybe we need our listeners to hit him up. You guys try to encourage Dale. Come on the show for 15 minutes and uh, let's talk some iRacing. All right, let's talk. Uh, Adam, what'd you do in other official racing? I hopped back in an SK Modified, been a couple weeks and finished first and finished second at Stafford. And then David over here got me running IMSA. And my first race, I think I ran 11th in the Porsche at the Glen. And then my second race, I was running third actually, probably on track for a podium finish. And I. I got kind of spooked by a lap car and spun out and got hit in the rear and blew the motor 10 laps later. But it was a, I think I'm going to run a lot more IMSA here with David. All right, nice. And how about hosted? Uh, I didn't run anything hosted this week. Okay. I ran AI. Um, actually, I didn't run AI. What I did is I started an AI race with those settings we talked about last week, which are great, by the way. And uh, I kind of purposely broke up the field by you know stopping a little bit and making the cars wait behind me and then i purposely wrecked a few of the cars uh the ai cars as well and and caused them some damage now why did i do that well i wanted to see what ha would happen uh on long runs uh, when the pack would catch other cars and what that kind of thing so i put it on the helicopter or blimp set back had a couple beers and watched me a long ai race from start to finish and what was interesting and what I learned is when the pack is coming and there's a lap car and that lap car is always on the bottom when it's AI, um, the, the bottom lane of the pack, they'll stop behind that freaking lap car and all of them, they will, none of them will go around it. So the entire lane will stop and then the lanes above it will just keep on going. And so it was breaking up the pack every time they would catch a lap car it would totally break up the pack. Now, sometimes there was a lap cars where they were side by side on the first and the second row, and then a pack of three rows were catching them. The two rows would stop behind the lap cars and the top row would drive on by. And so it was kind of an interesting dynamic. I think iRacing really needs to look at that and fix it a little bit because it's very unrealistic the way it works. They need to drive around the lap cars. We need to have the lap cars go high and low and do different things. But overall, I mean, the AI is nice. It's fun to, especially if you get those settings dialed in, but uh, they have some work to do as far as the dynamics of catching, you know, a pack catching a lap car. Okay, and with that, let's jump to final thoughts. Adam Jocelyn, what do you got? Um, good. Solid couple weeks here. I'm looking forward to getting to a short track next week. Going to run a different paint scheme than I've been running. All right. New paint. Chris Scales, what do you got? I'm out of here for OBRL practice. Man, that that Xfinity race at Vegas last night, or uh, last week, was a lot of fun. You kind of, when, you, when you're driving around that car with that giant spoiler on it, you kind of forget. <laughs> but, yeah, um having a lot of fun there and uh andy delay from burning rubber's been racing a couple of those so i'm gonna hopefully he's gonna be around try to talk him into maybe a podcast battle all right cool idea and we have a comment here from sean sadler on the live feed uh hey guys have a good show want to thank you all for talking about the obrl ran my first race there on tuesday and had a blast so uh, thanks, Sean, for listening, and I uh, hope you enjoy the OBRL. All right, David Hall, final thoughts. 
Well, actually, right after this, me and uh, Adam are going to go try to figure out how to make the K&N car faster at Rockingham. Uh, so the majors are racing there this weekend, and my current qualifying time is not going to get into Pro 1. So uh, there's a lot of really good talent, a lot of really good talent in there, so it's going to be tough for me to get into that split most races. Okay, and I just pulled up the points uh, for NIS Open. David, you're running 13th. I'm running 6th. So, good finishes uh, so far. My final thoughts is, boy, yeah, you know, so happy to get an 11th uh, in this most recent week. Um, you know, just trying to keep these good finishes rolling to stay, you know, up in the points. Don't want to get behind early. So, really happy with uh, how things are going with the with the races so far in, in IS. Uh, so cool to race with Dale Jr. today. Um, I was always hoping for the opportunity to. I didn't actually get to get around him. I kind of am mad I wasn't able to qualify and be up there. And then he ended up wrecking out and leaving. So, um, But nonetheless, you know, it is cool to race for the pro. So I'm happy to do that. And with that, we'll see you on the track later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.